Now, 12 minutes past eight, and U.S. strikes on Syria largely overshadowed an otherwise uneventful first summit between Donald Trump and Xi Jinping last week, although the absence of a joint U.S.-China statement on North Korea is perhaps noteworthy in itself. Let's bring in Vivian Salaman, White House reporter for the Associated Press. Good morning to you from Seoul, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, so do you firstly agree that the serious situation did steal the spotlight uh, from, well, actually, Xi Jinping's presence, let alone what he had to talk to Donald Trump about? Most definitely. And repeatedly throughout the summit, uh, the administration tried to shift our focus back to China uh, after the first day, uh, which was completely overshadowed by the Syria strikes. On the second day, they really made an effort to try to talk to us about China and where we stood sort of after the two-day summit. Uh, but even with briefings and with the exposure that we had to administration officials, uh, most of our questions ended up going back to Syria anyway. And so certainly um, as important as the meetings were with the Chinese delegation, uh, Syria was on everybody's mind, including the administration's, mind you. Uh, of course. And do you feel that the move on Syria signals a, a shift in Donald Trump's foreign policy direction? He had previously said America would or should stop playing a role as a, a sort of police force of the world. It definitely was a shift from his rhetoric. Um, you know, Donald Trump had come out very strongly condemning President Obama um, for any... Middle East and, uh, you know, on Twitter in 2013, he told, he begged him not to go in. It would be a terrible mistake. Don't do anything on Syria. And here he was taking action uh, on Syria. And so uh, you have several different perspectives on this. On the one hand, you have people who say he's broken a campaign promise. He said he wasn't going to get involved in uh, foreign affairs and be uh, a, a international police officer. And so um, it really ruffled feathers among some of his core supporters. And then you have other people who say, listen, the realities of the presidency make a person uh, really come to grips with the the importance, the role of the important role that America plays globally. And as president, he now has to be realistic about that. And what you say on the campaign trail is one thing, but what you actually do in terms of enforcing rule and law in the world is different. Well, it certainly sends out a strong message to all sorts of people, including within the United States. But do you think this will have been heeded as well by? China and North Korea, for example? I mean, if it wasn't their intention, then it certainly was probably an eye-opening moment for the Chinese to say, you know, this was a president that nobody really believed was going to take a major role in, in global affairs, and suddenly he's dropping uh, Tomahawk missiles on uh, Syrian government installations. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it was a wake-up call for the Chinese, whether or not it was intended in terms of the timing. You know, it may have just been coincidental because uh, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad launched his attacks just a couple of days earlier, and the Chinese visit happened to come at that time. And so um, whether or not it was intentional, it was definitely eye-opening for the Chinese. Yeah. It had to have been to say, this man means business. One more question on this before we talk about the summit itself. Uh, as we said, overshadowed by this anyway, and, and we continue that trend. But what about Russia? You've been reporting, presumably, on Russia for, for months as being a, a possible uh, wrench in the whole U.S. election process. And now you've got Donald Trump uh, taking an action that 
won't please Moscow uh, at a time when um, there are many suspicions around his administration's relationship with the Kremlin? Uh, it's walking on eggshells, for sure. I, Donald Trump has made it clear that he sees uh, better ties with Russia as something that's beneficial to the U.S. on global affairs. And so he's been very reluctant to come out and out and uh, starkly condemn Russia, even as U.S. intelligence agencies have been, um, you know, presenting more and more evidence that points to US, uh, Russian interference in the U.S. elections. And yet, all of a sudden, despite everyone thinking he was going to be uh, one of the more gentler presidents with regard to U.S.-Russia relations, and that he was really uh, eyeing, uh, you know, close ties to Moscow, and that maybe even he, uh, you know, was sympathetic to, to Putin, suddenly the whole narrative has been tossed out the window, and everybody's sort of scratching their head and saying, okay, so what does he really want with Russia? Where does he see that relationship going? Uh President Trump still does not outwardly condemn Russia for its support of the Assad regime. However, um, his Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, the, uh, the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, have all come out with very strong rhetoric against Russia in terms of its support on Assad. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, where Donald Trump falls into that after uh, those, those two diplomats made those strong statements and whether or not the president himself follows suit and starts to take a, a stronger stance against Russia. Mm. Now, we obviously have the North Korea question particularly pertinent, even if it was overshadowed temporarily. Did you see any sign of meaningful progress there, despite there being no joint statement or press conference after the summit between Donald Trump and Xi Jinping? Well, uh, there was, you know, some remarks by the administration suggesting that they had actually seen eye to eye on a number of issues and agreed that stability on the Korean Peninsula was definitely an important thing for both countries and for the region of the world. Um, but it was a, it was very sort of glossy, uh, generic language, and we didn't get any specifics about whether Xi Jinping was really on board with enforcing and cracking down on North Korea on some of the activities that uh, the North Koreans have been uh, you know engaging in in recent weeks. What we got was just assurances that they're going to work together for stability. And so it really is um, up for debate. Uh, President Trump tends to kind of wear his feelings on his sleeve. And so um, we were wondering, you know, maybe he would tweet something about the issue to exert pressure on China about it. But really the only thing he, he really exerted pressure on was the issue of trade, which is something that's always been very important to him. And so he did not really mention North Korea afterwards. Uh, beyond just what was in their uh, in their statement, and so um, you know, it, it remains to be seen where these two leaders take this issue and whether China complies with the demands of the U.S. Yeah, I mean, certainly Trump had been fairly bullish in the build-up to this meeting. When it really happened, then, just judging from their body language and anything else you picked up on, do you feel that Trump has a healthy respect, at least, for Xi Jinping and for China at this point? Oh, I think that he, I don't think that President Trump would spend so much time talking about China and really focusing on it if he didn't realize that this is a major, a major country that we have to engage with. And this has been the lead up going in where he has some advisors who are really against engaging with Russia and think we should isolate it um, and sort of weaken its, its ability to thrive as this major economic powerhouse. And then you have other advisors who are close to him who say, no, that's absolutely unrealistic and we have to engage with China. And so that latter 
uh, ideology seems to be prevailing in this in the early days of the Trump administration, where they say, you know what, we cannot cut Russia. I mean, we cannot cut China off. Excuse me, and uh, and not engage with it on trade matters, economic, political, security. Uh, it is the second largest economy in the world. It has a massive military. It is a very important player in the world. And if we work together, we are more likely to succeed than if we uh, alienate them and make them an enemy. Yeah, well, Donald Trump certainly did use words like friendship to describe their relationship already, so that's maybe a positive. But um, not just on um, North Korea, also the whole issue of Thad missile defense apparently came up, but we learned that from South Korea's acting president, Hwang Kyo-an, who spoke on the phone with Donald Trump after his meetings with Xi Jinping. So on the ground for you there, was that really much of a talking point? It is not something that came up in official communiques, but Donald Trump has definitely hinted at it. Um, in the lead-up to uh, Xi Jinping's visit here, we repeatedly heard Donald Trump kind of throwing out these statements, a little bit out of the blue sometimes, talking about how he intends to build up the U.S. military to levels that we've never seen, and he's really kind of bragged about how wonderful mm. the military is going to be under his rule. And so you could really sense that, like, there was an undertone there that he was really trying to send a veiled message to China that says, listen, you know, I'm willing to work with you, but don't forget that this is who we are and we're going to be, you know, and he plans on making an even bigger and better military and just not to step out of bounds. Certainly very delicate. Vivian Salama of the AP, thank you very much.